How's it going, everybody? I'm Jeff Slakey, and I'm happy to be sitting down with 35th District Representative Dan Griffey. Dan, how you doing? I'm well. This is uh, bringing back old memories. Man. I like I, it. I think this is good. I like it. It's good to see you, nice and you. we are uh, ramping up these conversations again, and I wanted to get you uh, sit down for a few minutes to talk about how you've been over the summer. I know you've been out uh, canvassing the 35th, talking with uh, the great uh, constituents here, and uh, what are some of the things that you've seen over this past summer here on the 35th? Well, I mean, it, it runs the gamut, right? It goes from uh, exceptionally exciting and I wanna do it to uh, bring tear to your eyes, right? So um, being a state representative, that is kind of our our lot in life. Um, you know, let's talk about the negative and we'll fin with the, finish with the positive. Um, fentanyl is at a crisis level everywhere in Washington State and Mason County is not off limits. I don't think um, the majority party allowed us to do enough, and I think you know me well enough to where I don't keep my mouth shut. So um, we're working really hard. I partnered with uh, a member of the majority party, Mari Levitt, to make illegal possession uh, manufacturer um, uh, uh, of the pill presses that can be used to clone uh, fentanyl tablets into uh, what looks like uh, pharmaceutical grade um, uh, FDA uh, assured quality and purity drugs. Um, there's no reason for somebody to own such an apparatus. Um, so we wanted to give law enforcement the tools to go after the people that, uh, you know, uh, fentanyl is a kind of drug that with the first time use can kill you, right? And uh, it's all too often getting in the hands of our children. Um, it was the least we can do. Um, I am looking uh, to partner with uh, Representative Mari Levitt again this year to stiffen penalties for distribution, uh, uh, stiffen penalties for possession of those uh, narcotic drugs, um, the, the fentanyl especially. Um, so we need to do something, and we need to do something right now. Uh, the amount of children, I think, I think that's the thing we all got to take back, the amount of children that are getting into this or having this distributed to them is uh, just alarming. Um, we move on to retail theft. Uh, retail theft in Washington State is about $3.5 billion a year walk off the shelves. We're in the state, and everybody knows it, and I don't have to tell them again, and they've, been, they've heard it, um, inflation is a big, a big deal. It is totally crippling um, certain populations' uh, ability or Washingtonians' ability to buy goods and services and to thrive in their life. So uh, they're struggling. Uh, with three and a half billion dollars walking off the shelves and the other inflationary pressures, we have m more inflation. Inflate this inflation, however, is something that a Washington state legislator can do something about. So I am once again um, trying to change the law that changes when the person uh, actually commits the crime of uh, theft. And that is uh, the adding the element of concealment. Yes, Jeff, you and I have talked about this yeah, for no, you, six years. Yeah, I know we have. Um, there is a prejudice by uh, some in Olympia that said that it would be used in in racial profiling um, exercises, and I absolutely disbelieve that. I reject that idea. And so, once again, I'm going to be pushing um, for us to employ resources. Uh, early on when the theft happens. Uh, that way the retailers can uh, recover their property or maybe they could recover a sale where they could even guilt the person and do, would you like to pay for that? Um, so crime, 
um, I guess the the drug issue is is crime, but it's two different types of crime, right? Let's go. Let's talk about the fentanyl again for a second. I was doing uh, some reading the other day, and I I saw a report, and I'm sure I'm going to get the exact numbers, but it was something where they caught and swabbed a hundred buses or something like that, and fifty percent of the buses roughly had some sort of fentanyl. They were able to find it on there, yeah. and a hundred percent of the buses had some sort of methamphetamine. Yes, uh, that they were able to swab and find. And when it when it comes to these drugs getting across the borders or into our country, I mean, how does that one? What is what is your understanding on how that even happens? And when it gets to the pill press uh, scenarios that you were talking about, how many people are out there in the thirty fifth that are creating or distributing this stuff? Well, I mean, we can go back to a big headline, um, you know, uh, Russian influence mob ties Mason County um, giant uh, fentanyl bust uh, production ring right here in Mason County. So we're not immune. Yeah. Uh, what they do is they come to our beautiful area that has a lot of places to hide. Um, that's what we love about it is we love our, uh, you know, ability to stretch our legs. They come here. It's easy. So fentanyl uh, is distributed in a powder form and it's easy um, to put in sealed containers and transport. So you can so and it's so potent that small amounts of it uh, can uh, garner large amounts of money. And with this, these pill presses that they're um, buying or manufacturing, they can easily make thousand to two thousand tablets an hour, sell those tablets for five to ten bucks a piece. So relatively cheap, but the the high reward to the addict is huge, right? right? So um it is very alarming. It did come to Mason County. Um and I reject the fact that we can't do any more about it. I mean, we have to do way more about it. And some of the pushback is a lot, uh, you know, and the majority party um, are worried about uh, the, the, the person who has substance abuse disorder it being a mental illness, right? And, and I agree. Um, and that if we have a lot, lot of laws that catch the, the people who are dealing with the mental illness, uh, they get caught up in the legal system uh, and then they can't turn their lives around. They find themselves spiraling out of control. So we're working on that, right? I mean, what we're trying to do is say, we want to hold you accountable. We want to keep those kind of drugs that will kill you and your family illegal. And we want to get you into treatment. And we want you to be better. And if you get into treatment, if you you know kind of comply with all of those requirements um we want to say well yeah now your record can be washed clean right you did what society asked of you you got better uh we want you to go live a full and productive life uh connecting all those dots is it takes a long time to do but um we have to identify how real and how big the problem is we have to accept how big and how real it is. And so I talk about fentanyl every time I get a chance because I want parents to understand, you know, this is, you know, I'm an 80s kid and it was taught, you know, Nancy Reagan, talk to your kids about drugs. Yeah, talk to your kids about drugs. The first time they take one of these fentanyl tablets could be the last time you see your child. When it comes to um, punishments for these types of crimes and other crimes out there, is do you get the sense that there's better... Um, or less recidivism or less opportunities or people wanting to commit the crimes less if there's mandatory 
sentences, whether or not they're long or short, but it's, if you do this, no matter what, you're going to get something. Or if there's the thought, the idea of a potentially life in prison, you know, a sentence there, but it could be changed based on the judges, you know, what the judges decide to do there. Is there a, is there a way to use jailing as a deterrent for those types of mi minimums or, or how does that work? Cause it seems to me, eh, they know that there's no room in the jails here, especially in Mason County. So if a crime is committed, working on that. I know, I know you're working. We got a million on that. and a half dollars. Okay, we'll work. We'll, <laughs> we I need can't a wait more. for that conversation then. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say is, if uh, if uh, someone looking to commit a crime goes, well, the sentence range is you know 20 to 30 years, or there's no matter what, there's a minimum. Something's going to happen if I get caught doing this. Well. You know, Jeff, I agree with the majority party on one issue here. The way we incarcerated people in the past uh, didn't work. Our recidivism rate kind of stayed similar um, with some caveats, right? I mean, if, if you availed yourself of correctional industry services and participation um, you, and got a certification before you uh, were released from your incarceration, um, those people do a lot better. I mean, it makes total financial sense. So um, we can do a lot better how, uh, at crime and punishment. What we can't do, um, because it goes con uh, totally contrary to the human animal's development, um, we can't let the human animal just get away with anything it wants to, right? right. The human animal, if you allow them to just get away with things and you uh, you activate the reward centers uh, too aggressively, they're going to learn a behavior. And right now, I think we're in a learned behavior um, set. The, the the crime that I talked about earlier, three and a half billion dollars walking off the shelves annually, it is um, a predictor of what we're doing wrong, I believe. So there has to be strong accountability um, for what a human does uh, and a human that's doing something that injures other humans if they don't get proverbially slapped upside the head uh, to know that that's not going to feel good the next time um, they will do it the next time and the next time and the next time uh, so understanding human psychology sociology um, and physiology if you will i think helps us uh, re-envision what uh, what the sanctions for those that you know injure society with crime in the future uh, what we can do about it so i think we can do a lot better than we're doing uh, people need to be held uh, accountable i mean we've had two cases uh, recently in the 35th uh, one tragically where somebody shot an individual admittedly so uh, several times and was released on five thousand dollars bond with a uh, 500 you know that only took a 500 dollars cash um, the contribution from the individual. Well, the horrible thing is um, that sped the justice uh, system up, I believe, too fast, which it doesn't, it is uh, too cumbersome to be that fast. Let her out too quick, uh, obviously mentally ill, and ended up killing herself. So, um, one, I believe that person would be and has uh, uh, proven to be a danger to society and must um, have that taken into account when the judge is setting bail. But the other thing is, obviously, the individual is mentally ill, and tragically, that person lost their life. So we had two major failures there. Um, we also had somebody down in the 35th uh, district in Thurston County 
steel car, drive over 130 miles an hour on back roads and then back on the I-5, uh, ended up uh, ending um, better than they do sometimes. Uh, law enforcement did get a whole, uh, uh, apprehend them. Uh, that individual was released with no bail. I think society has the right as a whole to expect some assurances from people that injure society. And uh, bail reform is something we need to do, but incarceration reform uh, is something we need to do. Um, I believe uh, through uh, the intake uh, uh, psychological profile, uh, offender scores, uh, all of that, we can uh, put people in different paths. There could be the long-term path where you're gonna stay away for a long time, where society's identified that crime is too bad and we want you to be isolated from society um, or those that society's like you know I, I don't like you did it but you know it doesn't scare me that much so we are going to have to I think do something different with crime and punishment but what we really have to do right now is we have got to get serious and hold people that injure society accountable right now um, and then we can grow the system that I, I envision and many others in Olympia envision uh, together. I don't know if that asked you, answered all of your I questions. I think so. Yeah, I heard, <laughs> I heard all the answers in there, Dan. So again, 35th District Representative Dan Griffey. This is going to be a, a short session, this upcoming session, but kind of a unique one because at the conclusion of this um, – It'll be a, a wide open governor's race yeah, uh, for the weird, first time huh? in a long time. We're going to get a new governor. Oh my gosh! It's so exciting. It'll be exciting to see what happens here through the primary process. Many on both sides of the aisle have started to put their feelers out there. How do you think that will impact the way the session goes this year? Um. Well, I believe the majority party is going to want to get out of session quickly. Okay. So special session probably won't happen. Okay, because they got to get I've, on the road. I've learned that in the last 10 years yeah. because you got to start actually uh, trying to earn your job back. Um, I, I, I am seeing something that I haven't seen in my last 10 years because, you know, we've had a, a governor, one governor that was stable as the governor, as the chief executive for a long time. I'm seeing almost arguments um, in, in agencies, right? So... You know, um, Representative Couture and I are working really hard on um, uh, less restrictive alternative releases for sexually violent predators, right? And so we've had some meetings, and in the past, the agencies would say a lot of things about us in emails that weren't too kind uh, and maybe worrisome. Uh, and now we're getting phone calls from the agency, from people within the agency that said, you know, you guys are probably more right than you're wrong on how you want to handle this. I think what you're seeing is, uh, it, and it's kind of weird, but at the top of agency level decision making, they know there's going to be a new sheriff in town and they're trying to shine. Sure. And so they're, and it, it's kind of funny to see. So I think there's going to be maybe a little more agency participation in some of the decisions. Um, there's agency leads that are, you know, they're kind of ambitious and they're like, hey, maybe I can direct. Uh, this agency soon. So that's different and unique. Uh, but in all short sessions, uh, we're still going to deal with uh, supplemental transportation budget. We're going to work on a supplemental operating budget where, um, you know, housing uh, is going to be a huge topic. Uh, and I believe, uh, you know, we missed the boat last year on doing some more uh, things that could be, uh, that could stabilize our housing situation. Um, but the short session is fast. So 
right. The, the best thing people need to know or need to understand or the takeaway from this is if you need help and you want uh, me to work on or pursue legislation, uh, we have to have it now, right? We have to have it wire tight. It's, it, we only got like a week and a half or so um, to get it uh, dropped and then or it won't get scheduled for a hearing. Um, so the short session is just what it sounds like, lightning yeah. fast. Way too fast. Way too fast. Let's talk about the 35th a little bit. There's a lot of opportunities to grow the 35th here uh, this session and in the future sessions. I'm looking at different ways for shellfish, and there's conversations here uh, in our bays about increased shellfish harvesting and work there. Uh, looking out now as we've been traveling up Highway 101 more to Hoodsport, there's some great opportunities there for uh, sewers and, and different things there. What are some of the things that you guys are hoping to convince the other districts around that the 35th needs this and it benefits the whole state? Well, I mean, uh, for my entire 10 years of service, I'm like a broken record. I, I've been one of those, you know, like Kevin Costner's Field of Dreams, if we build it, they will come. If we built the build the right uh, economic um, structure... I believe we are poised and ready um, for just about any type of development. Uh, we have a four-lane highway that uh, leads to a national airport, that leads to a very large industrial park, which is closely adjacent to a, a you know now a world-renowned uh, racetrack. Uh, we have one of the most beautiful um, deep canal fjords uh, in the continental United States. It kind of matches Norway, right? So uh, we have uh, a shellfish industry that is top-notch, and we're talking millions of dollars of economic activity. We also sequester more carbon than 90% of the counties in the state with our logging activities and our dear partners there. We have uh, worked on water uh, and making sure that we had water availability in my last 10 years. Uh, we're, we have water now. We, we have some more water updates. Looks like we're a little shy of power in a couple places, but we're working with our PUD partners on that. I think the sky's the limit for this place. I think we could have commercial activities. Uh, we could have heavy industrial assembly activities. I think we can have small research facilities that wanted a small, um, uh, you know, place to where we can kind of be alone and and really work out the the the, the mathematical equation that's going to solve uh, the next big issue that society has. We have a lot to offer. I think, um, and we have a lot of people in office who are ready to expose the world to our greatness. Um, we don't want to expose it too much because we don't want too much here, They can right? come and, and work here for a little bit, recreate and, yeah, here, and then, and then, then head home, then right? Somewhere else. No. Uh, yeah, th there's a lot. Uh, tourism is, you know, you know, with the, the tracing the fjord um, uh, and, and you and Rachel Hansen's uh, activities, drawing people here. Uh, we, and we've seen a direct... Uh, result of your the work that you have both done, where you're seeing the the sales tax revenue co go up and up and up uh, uh, from uh, tourist activities, and you know I think Rachel was saying we're now at a million dollars that we're uh, generating, and we can we can then reinvest that um, and in. Um, our great county um, and the great district in in Thurston County. You know, uh, you're, we talked about 35. 
Mesa County happens to be my home, so sure, I talk about it sure, first sure. usually. But in Thurston County, there's a lot going on, right? Um, they, the Thurston County residents are kind of crippled by um, the, the Environmental Protection Agency's um, interpretation of the pocket gopher oh, yeah. um, issue. Um, we're trying to get that straight, uh, and the draconian uh, requirements that Thurston County has placed on all their residents, we're trying to help them out uh, and find a way, a regulatory way around, if you will, or a regulatory way through. Um, and, uh, you know, it's taken a lot longer than I'd like to, but I think we'll get we'll garner some benefits uh, from that. The residents didn't want a, a national air, international airport. No, they didn't. Um, and I found it laughable that a commission that we established in Washington State would establish um, a siding zone that would have to drain like five lakes, um, totally destroy the environment. Uh, in an area that they can't even build a shed because they might upset a pocket gopher. Sure, so sure. I find those type of things to be maddening as a legislator. And I do my best to just kind of identify that to the person. Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, I want to say it out loud to you. And they're like, yeah, that does sound pretty dumb. Right. Kind yeah. of the, the different ways. It, well, if the government's able to do this, but John Q. Public's yeah. not able to. How does that square? I, I won't let I won't let any legislation or any policy I work on uh, fail that test, right? I mean, if we're going to make you do it, I and I did it. I was a Boy Scout in in the fire department. We first started doing um, our uh, commercial uh, uh, fire uh, invest or uh, inspections. Uh, to uh, rate the business's uh, ability to uh, mitigate fire and emergencies like that. If we required it and it wasn't in one of our fire stations, I went to the chief and says, I am not, I, until you fix this for us, I'm not going to do that. Right. And, um, well, they quickly fixed it, I right? Bet, but I, but um, I think it is incumbent on the government to not be above. They need to be below, right? So we, I, I look at, envision the government as... Um, uh, behind and given gentle push forward um, a, a free society, right? Instead of being in front and oppressing. Uh, and, and, and to me, government feels oppressive, right? And I'm in government. So I try really hard to make that not uh, the case for my constituents anyway. Uh, up in Kitsap County, they're dealing with, and I think they are tackling housing. Uh, they're tackling uh, 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 disabled uh, a dd community the disabled community um in a better light in a better way and when you see these successes that they are having up there why can't we just adopt it right we don't need to reinvent the wheel so i'm excited about a lot of that um but they are dealing um with uh you know same problems uh heroin and fentanyl um methamphetamine um we have got to change the narrative all over the district but each and every county that I represent has very unique and very uh, intriguing differences that just make me love them. But a similarity that if you go down to Rochester and then you drive right up to Seabeck, uh, Silverdale, you'd be like, you know, it's familiar. Yeah. So not only do I have a very diverse um, district that I represent that I'm very happy to, I feel like I'm, I've been a resident of it my whole 52 years. And I really feel akin and accustomed to it. Um, while they might be different, they're a lot alike. And it is neat uh, for a legislator who really cares. It's amazing we've been talking uh, about these for 10 years now. 
I know, isn't it crazy? Isn't that something? I, I, but is um, there something that you thought that you're looking at now, and you're going ten years ago? It either wasn't an issue, you even was on your radar, or you can't believe you're still dealing with it ten years later. Well. Um, one issue um, is the Highway 3 freight corridor, formerly known as yeah. the Belfort Bypass, right? <laughs> so one of the first wrong. questions you ever asked me, sure. Jeff, was, what are we going to do about what's that road? That, what's that Belfort Bypass? I and mean? I'm like, well, I read in the newspaper, it's going to get built, right? <laughs> Two so, years from now. Yeah, so, um, you know, that is one that answers both of those questions. So yeah. I believe with the effort that both, uh, you know, Senator McEwen, uh, Representative Couture, and myself, we lived and breathed. Like, we want that road and we did a lot of work to get it to where it's at so where it's at um it's at the final phase of uh, its environmental uh, impact it's all that's all done uh now they have to go in november uh to compu uh, community outreach and community input uh and then the permit can be issued in february and we can start buying land well hopefully the community's for it well <laughs> well <laughs> The the, now. I, I, to I told you the other thing that really bothered me last time. The last time it wasn't developed and built was because the community um, was um, up in arms about, well, now we're going to lose the soul of Belfair. Right. right now they don't care about that because they're like, there isn't any soul in Belfair. No. Nobody will stop because for two get... hours, <laughs> if you stop and go buy groceries, You're you stuck. are not getting back on the road. You're stuck. Yeah, that's it. Oh, my gosh. Well, good. That answered both of those at the same one. Well, and there, there's many others. Like, I, there's a lot of accomplishments, but there's still a lot of work to do, right? I mean, um, it never ends. Uh, the human condition uh, keeps going forward, um, and the human condition always needs nurturing. So there's always a job for a legislator willing that's to work. It. And we got a hardworking one here in the 35th. 35th District Representative Dan Griffey spending some time with me today. Nice uh, catch up here as we get ready for a short session. Good to see you, bud. Nice seeing you.